Hey folks, it's your internet best pal, Jason here. Uh, So we mentioned this last week, but in case you may have missed it, uh, so we took a bit of a week off from recording, but we did not want to take a break off from uploading content. So this week uh, we're doing a little, uh, something a little bit different. We are uploading a conversation that Ariel and I had when we recorded our Back to the Future Part 3 episode in which we discuss in pretty solid detail uh, both Back to the Future, the animated series, and Back to the Future, the game, to kind of discuss what we thought about them and which one is the better Back to the Future sequel. So so uh, next week we'll be back to our normal programming. I believe that next week we are scheduled to be, to do, to be doing a TV show, an anime, in fact. Uh, I will go ahead and not mention what it is. If uh, I will be posting that information on our social media. So follow us on Twitter at Adult Versus. Uh, follow us on Facebook as well. Uh, for that information, and as always, if you would like to send us an email, we can be reached at adultsiblingsversus at gmail.com. So that's enough of my yap, and let's go ahead into today's uh, shorter episode. All right, cool. Uh, so, uh, before wrapping up, I want to talk about sequels to Back to the Future. So, uh, there have been a couple attempts to continue the story of Marty and Doc. Uh, and I'm sure there's been like more than I'm aware of. Like, I'm sure there's some comics out there that have done some stuff. But today, I just wanted to briefly talk about two major ones that um, one that we that we saw a lot as as kids, and then one that's pretty recent that uh, potentially could be like a better follow up. So we're talking, going to talk Back to the Future, the animated series, and then Back to the Future, the game. So Back to the Future, the animated series, it was a 1991 cartoon that lasted two seasons. In this version of events, Doc and Clara decide to settle back down in the quote-unquote present. I'm guessing we're still talking 1985 or so, and just raise their boys there. They have the train. Some like uh, The first episode establishes that Doc has rebuilt the DeLorean. The series kind of mostly uh, focuses on the two boys, Jules and Vern. Jules being Josh Keaton, who yeah. young Hercules slash Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah, I so I noticed that. And yeah, young Hercules still having a, a kid voice. Yeah, I, at this point he was probably like quite young, and then by the time they got to Hercules, he's probably like you know early, early like maybe late teens, early twenties or yeah, so. Some kind of college age kind of. Yeah. So. A couple of interesting things about this show. First of all, um, it does feature some of the voices being actors from the movies, notably Thomas F. Wilson and uh, Mary Steinbergen uh, reprise their roles. Uh, so Clara and Biff are both in this. Christopher Lloyd this is weird with this. Christopher Lloyd yeah. shows up a lot. Like he shows up in, in live action science segments. And then, like, oh, this is a story about how we almost broke Rome or so whatever. And, um, but he doesn't voice the character Doc. Like, Doc is voiced by Dan Castanella, uh, who is the voice of Homer. And also, as, in addition to apparently doing a Christopher Lloyd impression, he also does a Robin Williams impression as he took over for Genie in Return of Jafar and the Aladdin animated series. <laughs> And it's, it's, it's real strange. I don't quite understand. But a really neat thing that I had forgotten was that 
uh, in some of Doc Brown's segments, there is a younger scientist who is helping him out, and it is a fresh-faced Bill Nye yeah. who worked who worked as a technical advisor for the show, and I guess they decided to have him be in the science segments because, you know, Christopher Lloyd is actually not a scientist, so maybe having a scientist <laughs> there would be good. Um, and apparently, from what I understand, the segments that Bill Nye appears in is likely directly responsible for getting him his own show, Bill Nye the Science Guy, a little bit after this. so Which I also, like, very much enjoyed. So I guess by the time Bill Nye the Science Guy came out, I'm just like, more of the saying, gimme, gimme. So, like, basically what it boils down to is that Back to the Future may be directly responsible for Bill Nye the Science Guy's career. That's amazing. So, I love to tell you this cartoon is really good. <laughs> this cartoon is quite bad. Like, it's, uh, it is very, very, very slapsticky. It is basically, they took, it's like if you took the, the physics of Tiny Toon Adventures and just replace all the characters with characters from Back to the Future. And then, and both of these are Steven Spielberg projects, by the way. So this, that, I'm not just talking out my ass. <laughs> and you just like let them have adventures and you come out with this and it's not a good combination. Like there's some clever lines, like the writing isn't bad, like all the way through. There's some things that genuinely made me chuckle, but it's, it's just a little too silly. It's a little too dumb. It feels like, if, I mean, obviously it's for kids this is a kids yeah. show but it does feel like we're talking down to kids i like prefer my i prefer the kids shows that doesn't feel like it's making my kid dumber which maybe is why they had the science section to balance it out yeah so it's, we, we it's found the iq of kids lowering when they watch the cartoon <laughs> part so we have to have science sections in order to help balance it so that we don't get sued gotta and, level uh, out their intelligence yeah it's interesting because I've like you know I've I've seen so I, I feel like we watched at least I've watched a lot of cartoon spinoffs of movies like definitely I watched the Beetlejuice cartoon more than I ever watched Beetlejuice watched oh, the man, Adams that, Family that's, cartoon that's so different the Beetlejuice yeah. cartoon is basically a completely different franchise sure and which is why yeah and you know. The Ewok cartoon, the uh, the Jumanji we cartoon, are the e- like Ewoks, e- 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 <laughs> and we're living on the forest moon. <laughs> that is amazing, but it's just yeah, it, it's funny because like now, but it definitely does make me think like we wa- rewatching this now because yes, if this was hot garbage, uh, it definitely does make me think. It makes me wonder about the quality of these other cartoons that I liked at the time. It's like if I were to look them up on YouTube now, I just go, "Ugh, you and your stupid seven-year-old tastes." Yeah, yeah. I think uh, so. We're running a little long, so I don't want to go down the list. But some of the cartoons you've mentioned have aged better than others, mm. and we'll just kind of leave it at that. Um, yeah. So. You know, as a sequel, though, I mean, like, I think it's, I think it's very simple in the sense of, like, you know, at the end of the film, Mar- uh, Doc and and Clara are just still there. Marty still shows up and still hangs out with Doc. He has a relationship with Doc's kids. You know, it's, it's an, it's an, like Biff. Um, apparently, is still an antagonistic person. Also, there's a there's a tannin in every timeline. My big problem with this cartoon, aside from the slapsticky nature of it, is that this show gives no shits about any of the time travel rules that Doc Brown establishes in the films. Like, yeah. they, they can the 
the vehicles can now move through space aside from like they can transport to various parts of the world instantaneously which is very much so not the the way it worked in the movies that's why the the time machine is built into a car because you can't because you can't time travel through space so you have to have a vehicle that can drive you from point a to point b not point a to point g because that's in another country they definitely like went back in time to england in the 1300s just all kinds of razzmatazz in the movie we just saw today you know like 1955 doc makes a big point to get marty to drive to to go back in time to a point where there shouldn't be anybody around so no one could possibly see the futuristic delorean and mess up the timeline and then and that he wouldn't run into a tree that was another thing because he's like you you wouldn't run into a thing no i mean that's definitely super important but for the point i'm trying to make the real thing was that like we have to be this far away because we don't want anyone to see it because no one should because realistically speaking you don't want anyone to see that that machine and then the episode of the show that i saw the delorean just basically mows down a bunch of people in like the 1860s during the civil war and um there no shit's given like no one's like oh no we've destroyed the space-time continuum and the whole Thing was that historically speaking that regiment was wiped out and the reason they were going back in time was that Vern, i believe had gotten mixed up with that group so he was going to be one of the casualties so they go back in time save Vern, and then everything's all kumbaya the both the north and the south are friends no one seems to mind the slavery thing <laughs> yeah um, oh man this and this very uh, white franchise very white it was so white so white and then like the when they get back to the present they see that history has changed and that the regiment had in fact never fought a single battle and everyone's going and doc says looks like you saved a couple of lives Vernie. and i was thinking, like who are you <laughs> doc brown would be completely flabbergasted at the change in history for that like Jesus! Like this is just a rich, the, the spirit of the sh- of the movies is completely lost in this show, and that is the oh, biggest yeah. problem of with this with this cartoon. Even like even with the other stuff. All right. Yeah, um, it feels like a completely different story. And, and imagine the like the soldiers' letters that happen after that encounter. You know, like my dearest Martha, today. A metal contraption came bursting through our camp, setting fire to the grass and mulling us over. I don't know what it was, but then I saw it fly, and I have to change everything about my life. And then all of a sudden you have like a new town. Edward Johnson, 1863. <laughs> You're beloved um, forever. It's not a good show. All right, back to the future. The uh, back to the future. Of the game. So, back to the future. Of the game is an episodic point-and-click adventure video game uh, by the company Telltale Games, who are famous for doing a lot of similar style games based off a lot of different franchises. Probably most famous for the Walking Dead video game series that were kind of coming out a little before the Walking Dead TV show really exploded the way it did, or maybe it was a little after. I actually can't remember. Um, but uh, Really, Back to the Future was one of their first big games. They had done um, like a Sam and Max revival before this. I think this was like kind of their big one, though. Um, 
initially the first episode was released in December of 2010, so we're actually coming up on the 10-year anniversary of this game. And it mm. fucking looks it, yeah, if you see it. It looks yeah, every it looks, inch it, the 10 years. It looks years. rather cheap. <laughs> yeah. So this, so this um, sequel takes a completely different approach. And this one, we pick up six months later, and Doc has not come back since uh, he, since Mario last saw him at the end of Back to Future Part Three. And when we do, and basically what happens is the DeLorean mysteriously shows up in 1986, which is where Marty is. It turns out that there's a failsafe on it, and also the DeLorean is back. A, I don't want to get into the story. There's a reason why the DeLorean exists in this, um, but the. Apparently, it's a failsafe that the if Doc leaves the time machine idle too long, it's programmed to come to Marty at that exact time to for him to rescue him. And so Marty has to figure out where Doc went, go back to that time, figure out how to rescue him, and then also figure out how to not destroy the timeline. And if you have watched these movies, you will know that he is never successful in... <laughs> in not doing that so there's going to be a lot of back and forth going in in this this series uh the cool thing about this is that uh christopher lloyd does supply his voice to doc this time around uh he is considerably older so doc sounds withered to say the least i mean it's funny because you know doc sounds more what his age probably is yeah 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 Yeah, at at the time christopher lloyd was probably around the age that doc was supposed to be in the first movie yeah but uh you know uh, michael j fox oh sorry oh i think you're getting into it so i, I will pause and let you say it all right so uh, michael j fox does not reprise his role as marty um there was something that kept him from doing it and i don't know if it was explicitly that he wasn't available or if there was something to do with his uh with his medical condition because he's has parkinson's and it seems like a lot of his acting kind of stopped for a while because of that but then again after this he ended up starring in a sitcom again so i don't know how much it was stopping him or not but um instead and he uh, can and he could still completely do the marty voice if you go on youtube and look at uh joss gad's uh reunited apart he forces people like every time he does an episode he'll force the actors to recreate some of the scenes and uh, they they did a couple of like little bits of scenes uh, reading through that, and he sounds exactly the same. It's it's pretty mm. funny. Well, regardless of the why, uh, Fox was not available for this, and instead they ended up doing a casting call, and they came across a kid um, at the time, an emerging actor who was really just getting started in his career in Hollywood. Uh, AJ uh, Lacasio, I believe his name is, shocked everybody. I actually saw a behind the scenes. Um, like documentary about this years ago shocked everybody by doing the most dead-on impression of marty mcfly that anyone had ever seen like bob gale was a was um a story consultant here and even he's going like holy shit that guy is spot on so he so he got the role does It's, it's crazy he gets the role and then he ends up really starting his career from here like these days he's um a pretty steadily working voice actor uh in the in the cartoon and video game spaces and you know doing pretty good there also claudia wells does get to reprise her role as jennifer here like we talked about before actually probably does more as jennifer in the brief appearance in these games than any jennifer has ever done in the movies (laughs) So I guess good for good for her. But the thing about this game 
Is... Oh, wait, could I, before we... Yeah, go ahead, we, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, uh, so we also have the voice actor James Arnold Taylor playing young Emmett. And I just want to do a shout out to him because he plays Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Clone Wars cartoon. And uh, going through this game, I kind of kept wanting all of a sudden Emmett to go, well, hello there. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't happen, but... Well, hello there. It's probably... Yeah, it's like if, if if he does it in that voice, it it will be uh it won't be satisfying. But I yeah. just. By the way, apropos of nothing, I find Obi Wan Kenobi in the Clone Wars to be the big, the biggest jerk version of Obi Wan Kenobi in all of Star Wars franchise. Like yeah, he's he's quite the arrogant flirt. I was watching. Um, something from the first season relatively recently because I was trying to... I have yet to watch the whole series. And then mm-hmm. I, I keep trying and I keep being distracted because the first season is not very good. Yeah, that's true. And there's definitely a scene where R2-D2 get, disappears and he might be destroyed. And then Obi-Wan Kenobi's just like, yes, fuck him. He's a droid. We don't give a <laughs> shit about droids. He's just He's just parts. Why do we... We're Jedi. We're above that, Anakin. Stop being. Stop caring about someone. That is ridiculous. He's not a person. He's a droid. And I'm just going like, "Fuck you, Obi Wan. Fuck you. He's twice the man you are. You shut your whore mouth, Obi Wan Kenobi." <laughs> anyway, so the thing about this game, um, we don't get into it too much. I don't believe. I haven't finished the game, so maybe it does get into it. But it seems that the dock of this, you, you, uh, this timeline is more like doctor who than not like it seems like he's had he mentions that his kids are teenagers so he's from his point of view he has not seen this version of marty in some years but it kind of implies that he's spinning all around the timeline and interacts with marty in different points in time it's just that this marty just hasn't seen him in a while so like marty marty is his river song yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, to him, uh, he keeps meeting Marty out of order. And this is just, uh, this is Marty um, in Let's Kill Hitler for River Song, where things are <laughs> not, haven't quite, haven't quite linked up where they're both in on it. <laughs> and I don't know if I love that. Um, because we view time from a linear standpoint. And again, I don't necessarily like the idea of, of, of Doc Brown as Doctor Who. Yeah. So, um, however, uh, this game seems to be significantly more in tune with uh, what we've seen in the films, far more than the cartoon. So, yeah. uh, although Bob Gale has has said that this game is 100% not canon to the movies, although might exist in an alternate timeline, uh, but what do you... Th- what would you say is the better sequel? Like, uh, probably this game, right? I don't want to, like, speak for you. Oh, but. yeah. I mean, well, it, the cartoon doesn't feel like Back to the Future, really. It, the, it, the, the tone is so different, and because the rules are different, I mean, it, it, feels, like a, it feels like a different cartoon that happens to have, like, s- like, splashed Back to the Future on it. But have you changed the characters you know, name and, and design, it could have easily just been something completely different. Uh, the game feels like back to the future. And, and it, it, when you're going through it and you, 
you know, find an item and you hear those chimes, you, you feel like you're doing that story. So yeah, I prefer the game as a sequel. So I, I agree, uh, but I think that I would prefer a mixture of the two with like 70 to 80% the game and then bring in Jules and Vern mm. into sure. it. I, 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 I feel like uh, since we see Doc here and it's like, oh, they're teenagers, I feel like we've kind of completely missed like them. And I'm An so used to having... Yeah, I'm so used to having watching the cartoon. I'm, I've I've always kind of thought if they ever did make a um, some sort of sequel, then we would get to see them, but not the case. And I'm a little bummed out about that. I really would like to see a like any sort of Back to the Future sequel involve Jules, Jules and Vern. And you know, the order Christopher Lloyd gets, uh, I think the more important it would be to kind of rely on that sort of thing rather than just recast Doc, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. And I do appreciate that in the cartoon, at least they give those boys personalities and they don't seem like uh, soul suckers that are, you know, in boy suits. Oh, well, see, the thing is that by the time we see them in the cartoon, they've already consumed enough souls to pretend to be human.